We're going to go into today's scripture reading for today, which comes from uh, Romans chapter 12, verses 3 through 5. There are Bibles underneath your seats. Uh, they are ESV Bibles, but feel free to uh, find the Bible, or find, excuse me, find the scripture in your own Bible or Bible app. Uh, we're also going to project it behind me. We'll give you a moment to find the scripture. Again, it's Romans chapter 12, verses 3 through 5. Right, and if you're here in person or if you feel comfortable doing this at home, if you could please stand as able for the reading of God's word. I'll read the scripture for us today, and then uh, we will respond at the end with thanks be to God. May the Lord bless the reading of God's word for us today. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function. So we, though many, are one body in Christ, and individually members one of another. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. You may be seated, friends. Well, today's message is called Belong, and I think belonging is something that we all really strive for, right? Um, When I think about belonging, I think about this show that I used to watch when I was a kid. So, guys, I'm old, so for some of you who are a little bit younger, you may not remember this this show, but it was like the most popular show at the time, like, like by far. It was called Cheers, and it was about this bar in Boston where a bunch of friends would just hang out every day. And it, 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 so the, the theme song went, Sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name. And they're always glad you came. And, and that's kind of belonging, right? Going to a place where everyone knows your name and everyone's glad you came. And that's what would happen in the show. Like there would be people who walk into the bar And as soon as they walk in, everyone would be like, Norm! And they're so glad, like they'd say the person's name. And they're not saying he's normal. That's his name, Norm. And, you know, it's, it's like this thing where, can you imagine a place where you go? You know, maybe you're having a bad day. Maybe you're feeling lonely. Maybe you're feeling like, man, I just, I don't know about this world. You know, I don't know what's going on. I'm so stressed out. And you walk into a room and everyone's like, Esther! Everyone's like, Steve! You know, and they're not saying it because they're like, get him! But they're like, yes! I'm so glad you're here! Man! And they, they're, they're, their faces light up and then your face lights up and, oh, wouldn't that be so awesome? Don't we all want that? We want belonging. Friends, that, that's what I've been talking about at LGM. This is my dream. This is my hope. Right, because I've seen too many churches where you come in and it's just like you walk in and you may not know anyone. Or maybe you've seen them, but you've never like actually gone up to them and had a conversation with them. Or maybe we do kind of like, like, oh yeah, I met that person once, but dude, I don't remember their name. That's so embarrassing. I want to go ask again because then they're going to know I don't know their name. There's once, uh, there, there was a sister at LGM that had been coming for like, you know, a semester. And she had a Korean name, and I'm not really good with Korean names. And so, like, like I would always forget her name. And this is before we, like, really, really tried to push the name tag thing, you know? And so, like, there was one Sunday she came down. And we used to have the fellowship downstairs, and she was just, like, eating a donut or something. And um, 
I was like, oh gosh, I, I, got, I, got, to, I got to know her name. So I looked up Facebook. It's like friends you're friends with, right? And I finally found it. So I went up to her and I was like, hey, hey, good to see you. Because I would greet her every week, but it would always be like, hey, good to see you, sister, right? Because I didn't remember her name. And so, you know, I said her name and she like, her face lit up and she was like, you finally know my name. She knew, she knew, guys. I wasn't fooling anyone. Oh, man. So, you know, hey, this is why I pushed the name tag thing, right? I know some of us, we, we kind of like dropped off on the name tags or we forget, right? But I want this to be a place where we know each other, right? You know, isn't that what you want? Like, don't you want to have that kind of community, right? I, I know that there is some safety in anonymity, right? And, and if you want to come... Uh, and just kind of slip in the back. I mean, you know, no one's going to force you to like socialize or anything. But my hope is that we wouldn't stay there, right? Like maybe, you know, the, your first time in church, you're like, oh man, this is so scary. I hope no one comes up to me. <laughs> I hope no one like freaks me out or whatever. But eventually we want to get to know each other, right? But I got to tell you, friends, every church in America, I think, wants this. But we don't all get it. I think everyone wants belonging. Everyone wants the kinds of community where everyone knows your name. They're always glad you came, but we don't get it. Why? Why is belonging so hard today? I think of it as a lot of other things in life that are good and that everybody says they want, but we're not able to get it, like peace. Everyone wants peace, right? And, and, and you even hear, like, in this Russia-Ukraine conflict, right? People on both sides are like, we want peace, we want peace, we want peace. Why is there no peace? Friends, I think it's because we're not willing to do the things that it takes to get that. So with peace, for example, I mean, this message isn't about peace, but real quick, right? I, I think you, you can see why we don't have peace, because there are certain ingredients that we need, like forgiveness, Right? I mean, isn't like every conflict in the world, there's some kind of like ancient grief that happened. Like, oh, your people wronged my people a thousand years ago. So we're going to wrong you. We're going to get you back. It's justice. Forgiveness, man, you can forget about it. Right? But we need it. Without forgiveness, there can be no peace. You got to have humility. You got to consider other people better than yourself because that's the problem, right? You wronged me. You wronged me. How dare you? You're not going to get away with that. I'm no chump, right? I got to, you know, I got to defend my honor, the honor of my people. But humility to say, no, 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 we're going to serve you. No, 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 we're going to forgive you. No, 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 we are going to submit to you. That never happens, and so we don't have peace, right? And I think it's very similar with belonging. There is something that we are missing, that everybody says they want it, but we may not be willing to do, uh, you know, there's probably more to it, but I'm going to talk about one aspect of belonging because I'm a really big fan of one-point sermons. So this sermon has one point today (laughs) so we can remember it and we can try to apply it, you know, because to me that's enough, right? It's so hard to change even just one thing. But friends, there's one thing that I think we might be missing. And so let's take a look at the scripture today that we just read. It's a short passage, so let's read it again. Romans 12, 3 through 5. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. I got to tell you, we're talking about humility. Humility is like a necessary ingredient for like everything, guys. 
I just told you, it's a necessary ingredient for peace. It's also a necessary ingredient for belonging. We got to have humility. That's not the one point, by the way, but just, just want to throw in there because that's what, what's mentioned here, right? Uh, so we need to think of ourselves with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body, we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function. So we, though many, are one body in Christ, and individually members one of another. This is the metaphor that is used in the Bible, that Paul's favorite metaphor for belonging. It is the body of Christ. We belong to Christ. We become one with Christ, right? That, that's what we're doing. We did this thing last week, communion. What does that mean? You become one with Christ. You belong to Christ because of what Christ did for you, because he died on the cross for you, right? And we are meant to become one with him. And so we have that, that, that symbolism of taking the bread, the body of Christ, and ingesting it. Actually, people in the ancient world, especially Jewish people, because you were not supposed to ever, ever eat flesh of a human. That would have been like the most terrible, terrible thing you could do. And so there's a lot of people that they're like, what is going on? You guys are cannibals? What? No, 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 no. I'm, I'm a you know, good Jewish person. I would never eat the flesh of another person. It's like, no, it's just bread, bro, <laughs> right? Calm down. It's symbolism, right? But the idea is that you are supposed to become one with Christ. Christ is coming into you. He now belongs to you. He's now a part of you. It's permanence. Isn't that what belonging is? It's permanent. What does it mean when uh, you rent a book, right? If you rent a book, that means that you're going to give it back, right? Just for a short amount of time. You know, hey, two weeks, I get to read this book, but it's not really mine. It doesn't belong to me. But if this book is mine forever, then it is my belonging, right? So there's this idea of permanence that is implied in belonging, right? Jesus is saying for all time, I belong to you. I love you. I died for you. I want to become a part of your life. And we believe that so literally that that's part of the reason why we believe in eternal life. Because Jesus loves you so much and he belongs to you permanently, eternally, right? This life is not just for here, it's eternal because you belong to Christ forever. Amen. It's such good news, right? But part of this is to say, when you become the part of the body of Christ, and this is why this symbolism is so great, you're not just belonging to Christ. Yes, you belong to Christ, but there's other people coming with you, right? And there's other people who also belong now to the body of Christ, and they're joined together. And so what it's talking about here, uh, you see this in verse 5. It says, so we, though many, are one body in Christ and individually members one of another. What is uh, the writer of Romans saying? They're saying that we now belong to each other. In the same way that you are now one with Christ, you're now connected to other people, right? And there's this indispensable element that, that comes in this belonging. So the, the, the parallel chapter to this, because as you know, you know, Paul wrote a lot of letters, right? And sometimes the letters, they have similar themes. And very interestingly, if you just go to the very next letter that's in the Bible, in, in the order, is 1 Corinthians. And if you go to the same chapter, he talks about something very similar. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, he talks about the body of Christ. And so I want to show you this. There's something to be said about the diversity of the body of Christ. 
about um, the fact that you know, some members have different functions, and that's a big part of this passage, right? We're not gonna really touch on that. What I want you to see here, though, is the indispensable nature of being a part of the body of Christ. How you can't just be like, mm, I'm, just gonna, I'm just gonna detach here. I'm just gonna go away, right? Paul makes that very clear. So let's take a look, verse 21. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Get out of here, hands. Nor again, the head to the feet. I have no need of you. Be gone. On the contrary, that was, that's my little ad lib, sorry. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And on those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow the greater honor. And our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty. Friends, I got to tell you that I think part of this is to say that there's parts that feel like they're not as needed, right? You got to let them know. You got to let them know that they're valuable. That's a part of the belonging, right? There's some people who are like, man, you know, like, I don't really know anyone here. I'm just kind of quiet. There's some people, they're like, you know, they're, they're like leaders and they've been going to LGM for years, but who am I? I'm, I'm like nobody. And we think that. We just slip in like I have no friends and I'm nobody. Paul, Paul's saying you got to pay attention to that, right? The members you think are less dispensable. No, 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 no. You are members one of each other. You belong to each other. You got to pay attention to them, right? And you got to treat them with special honor, right? Um, which our more presentable parts do not require this kind of like special modesty, this special honor. But God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it, that there may be no division in the body, that the members may have the same care for one another. We have the same care for one another, right? Because we belong to one another. So if one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. So friends, you see this. You cannot detach. What it means to become a part of the body of Christ is that you're stuck. <laughs> I know that, that sometimes sounds like a negative, but it's not meant to be. It's meant to be the greatest positive ever because we say that this is what we want. When you say you want eternal life, what are you saying? It's not saying that you just get to live forever in your own personal heaven, no. We are saying that we want to live in the kingdom of God, with God, forever, 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 forever. And friends, in this, you sometimes see, um, you know, we might say things like, hey, I belong to you and you belong to me. Sounds so romantic, right? There's an old Jewel song where they sang that. And then there was this other song uh, by the police. Do you guys know the police? Sting uh, was the lead singer. Um, Sting is probably the, the best-known person in the police. But probably their best-known no song is song, a song that goes, Every breath you take. Why am I singing so much today? <laughs> Every move you make. And th this song, man, it's beautiful. It's like a great song. It's got this awesome, like, like guitar intro. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, yeah, you guys know it. If you know, you know, right? It, dude, every breath you take, look it up. It is rocking. And if you want to hear um, the, the uh, uh, Puff Daddy version of it, uh, it's called I'll Be Missing You, and they changed the lyrics. But the original one is I'll Be Watching You. And there are, were some people that, like, would go up to Sting, and they're like, yo, you know, me and my girl, Right? Like, like when we got married, that was our song. We danced to, I'll be watching you. 
And he was like, why? It's like, dude, my song, like, I wrote this when I was, like, in a really possessive mood. Like, like, please don't make that your song. Because it's a beautiful song, and that's why people like it. But when you read the lyrics, it's kind of messed up. I'm going to read the lyrics for you guys. It goes, every breath you take, every move you make, every bond you break, every step you take, I'll be watching you. (laughs) It's a stalker song, guys. Every single day and every word you say, every game you play, every night you stay, I'll be watching you. (laughs) It's messed up. Oh, can't you see? You belong to me. How my poor heart aches with every step you take, every move you make, every vow you break. Um... Every smile you fake, every claim you stake, I'll be watching you. (laughs) Like, dude, this is a messed up song. It is. It is. But you see that. This person's being possessive. They're like, you belong to me. Okay, we all said we wanted belonging, right? But if there's a person that you don't like or they're creeping you out and they came up to you and they're like, you belong to me and I belong to you, how would that make you feel? Do you guys like that? <laughs> She'd be like, I got belonging, finally. No, no. You got to understand what we're asking for in belonging. In belonging is a sense of permanence, right? There is the sense that you are going to be with this person for the long haul. It's in the stinking name. It's in the word itself. And this is my point, right? This is the one point today, right? You can't be long if you haven't learned how to be long. <laughs> I know it's so stupid, guys. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to say it again because it's so stupid. You can't be long if you haven't learned how to be long. What if, what, you're like, Pastor Steve has lost his mind. What he's talking about, he's just repeating himself. Like, just take those two words apart. To be long, right? To be with someone for a long time, right? To be with someone for the long haul right? You know, to love someone for a long time. This is what is required in belonging. And I believe this is why so much of the world, we don't have it. Because we don't understand this fundamental point in belonging, right? So friends, I got to say, think about um, the opposite of belonging. Be shorting. It's not a word, right? But what would it mean if you were short with someone? That's actually in our language. Have you ever, you know, said like, hey, I'm sorry I was short with you. What does that mean? It means that you like lost your temper easily, right? You got angry at someone. Your patience ran out, right? We have all of these words where we talk about like long suffering, which is another word for patience, right? We know length is this kind of like endurance, being with someone for a long time, not just when you feel like it, but being constant, being consistent, right? Uh, uh, Being dedicated. All of that stuff comes with the word long. But short is like just in and out, right? Just, Just I'm here when I feel like it, when it's convenient, right? And sometimes like when my emotions just kind of move me, right? Have you ever heard of someone with a short fuse? It means that Yeah, they just fly off the handle. They get mad really, really easily. They're not long-suffering, right? Shortness is this kind of like, I mean, this is the modern life, isn't it? 
This is the way that all of us are almost all of the time. And this is the way most of us are in community. I mean, think about church nowadays. I know we have so many different ways to go to church. It used to be that if you had a church, right? Like, just think about, like, just for example, like, imagine that you lived in the 1800s in America, and you were in some small farming community, right? Your church would just be called church. (laughs) It'd be like, hey, are you going to church? No one would be like, which one? There'd just be one, right? There'd be one, and it's probably the only church within, like, 100 miles, right? So you're going to that church. You have no choice. And everybody goes to that church, right? And so everybody is like, yeah, it's just a no-brainer, right? But nowadays, I mean, there's a church like on every street corner, you know? You can go to church online. And there's so many of us, I call it the yelpification of church. You guys might have heard me talk about this, where it's like we pick church the way we pick our meals. We pick church the way we pick um, services, where we're like, hmm, you know, this, this, this sermon's a little too spicy for me. I need something just a little bit sweeter. You know, oh, the praise, it was too loud. Oh, it was too modern, too much drums, you know, and we're just so picky, right? And, and so, you know, maybe there's a morning you wake up and you're like, do I feel like going to church? No, it's daylight savings, going back to bed, right? You know, or like, oh, man, you know, I, I went to bed too late. I, I want to go to church, right? Um, or how about, like, let's get more serious. Oh, man. Well, I'm not going to go to church if she's going to be there. I'm not going to go to church if he's going to be there. Who's he? Who's she? I don't know, but you know, right? Like, like, there's these things that make us short, that make us so that our commitments don't last very long for whatever reason. It might even be a good reason. But my point is simply, imagine if you had a community where every week, someone different. Or maybe some weeks, you see your brother, you see your sister, you see these people, but you may not see them for the next three months and just randomly they just pop up when they feel like it. Is that belonging? Is that going long? Is that going short? I'm not saying this to shame you. I'm saying to you guys, this is the problem of our society. We don't know how to go along anymore. Commitment is like, it just freaks us out. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Pastor Steve, you're talking about forever? Forever, ever? Like, what? That's too much, right? I'm busy. I I can't always go to church. I can't always be with this person. But anything, like, 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 you know, I know we're having our relationships talk next month, but what is true belonging in a relationship? Is true belonging being in a relationship whenever you feel like it? Whenever it's fun for you, calling that person like, hey, I'm free tonight. Well, where were you the last year? Well, I was busy. I was with someone more fun. But tonight, I'm bored, and so you'll do. That's not belonging, right? That's beshorting. <laughs> uh, belonging is making a commitment to someone and saying, till death do us part. In sickness and in health, for richer, for poorer, right? In good times and bad times, We're going to be with each other. It's not always going to feel awesome, but we are going long, right? It's not when I feel like it. And and, and that's what belonging has to mean. Friends, let's just take a look at John 15, because I I, I like to pull out different passages so you know I'm not just making this up. I'm not just cherry-picking passages. But look at what 
Jesus says. He says, remain in me. Remain in me. Stay with me. Don't go away. Don't be short. Be long. Right? Stay with me as I also remain in you. That's Jesus' promise. You remain in me, I remain in you. That's the deal. That's belonging. It's got to be a two-way street. That's why stalking is so creepy. When one person is like, well, I'm going to stay with you no matter what, but the other person didn't make that deal, it's no bueno, right? That's no good. But when two people say, I want to belong to you as you want to belong to me, it's something beautiful. And that's what we have in Christ, right? And he says, uh, no branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Can you imagine a branch that, that is supposed to be connected to a tree, uh, to, to like, you know, the central tree, but it just keeps detaching whenever it feels like it. You know, it's like, ah, uh, I just don't want to do the, you know, being attached to the tree thing today. What fruit is ever going to grow from that? Nothing. Right? And so often in our spiritual lives, we're so spotty, we're so inconsistent, and we wonder why we're not growing. It's not to make you feel ashamed, friends. It's just a fact. It's just the way things work. If you're not consistent in your relationship with God, right? If you're not remaining in Him, and if you're just with Him whenever you feel like it, there's going to be very, very little growth. And we shouldn't be surprised by that, right? And so, he says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. And so friends, you know, I, I got to tell you what the Christian life is about. I, I mean, if I had to sum it up with one word, this is probably being too cute. But this is the word that's just been ringing in my mind, in my heart, in my ears for like the last five years, this is what I've been obsessed with, is one word, connection. Connection. How do you stay connected to God? How do we stay connected to each other? That's what God wants. God wants you to remain in him. But how are you going to get that? The practical thing, it is going to be commitment and discipline. Those are going to be the two things you need most. But friends, I got to tell you, commitment and discipline, they ain't sexy. They're not really desirable. They're not hot. People don't look at commitment and discipline and they're like, oh, yeah. You know, they look at it and they're like, that seems so boring. It seems like a chain. Friends, I, I just, I'm going to kind of end on this story, uh, which is like probably the most famous story in the Bible, uh, or at least the most famous parable that Jesus told. And it's the parable of the uh, prodigal son. You guys know this story, right? There's like two sons. One son is the older son. And the older son stays at home. And he just works for his dad. The younger son says to himself, it's boring around here. No, man, I got to go make a name for myself. And so he asks his dad for his money that's supposed to come to him when he dies, which is pretty rude. I know a lot of people focus on that. And there's great sermons to be preached about how rude the son was and how amazing the father is to take him back. But he takes the money and it runs. And friends, I got to say that it's not that different than modern life. I'm, I'm just saying, I know like this is the way modern life is. I don't live with my parents, okay? I want to be clear, you know? But for Jewish people, for somebody like, he, like the, these sons were supposed to help the father, probably help work his farm or whatever. 
right? And they were supposed to stay with the father until they got married, right? And so they don't stay forever, but they, they weren't supposed to leave just whenever they felt like it. Modern life is different, right? Modern life, if you think about it, the prodigal son story, it's really not that big of a deal, right? A lot of us would be like, well, yeah, I would be like the younger son too. I don't want to stay with my dad, right? I want to go out and I want to go have fun. And that's what he does. It's exactly what he does. He goes out and he parties, right? And we, we're told that he spends his money on wild living, right? And I love that Jesus says this because you can just fill in the blank. What does wild living look like for you? Uh, I'm, not, I'm not judging, guys. I'm, I'm just, just trying to be funny. I'm seriously not judging. Was it last Saturday? Was it yesterday for you? Was it wild living? Was it Friday? What is wild living for you? And that, that was a bad joke. Sorry, guys. But, <laughs> you know, for a lot of people, this is the life. This is what people want. Yeah, just do whatever you feel like. If I want to spend this money over here, let's do it. Let's get it. If I want to go do something fun, let's get it. Let's go. And this is the, the, the prodigal son. He's a guy who knows how to be short, right? When I got money, I spend it. I'm not thinking long term. When I go somewhere, I feel like it. And he got, does that, right? And I got to tell you, the prodigal son story, it is the most famous story in scripture because we love it, right? That we have a tendency that we gravitate towards the prodigal son. I'm going to tell you who you don't gravitate towards, most of us. We don't gravitate towards the older son. <laughs> the younger son we can totally relate to. And, and many of us who, who have learned something about Christ and, and, and the life of Christ and you know, to know about sin and stuff like that. I'm not even talking about sin, but for a lot of us, we're like, okay, what the prodigal son did was not cool, really in the eyes of God. Like, like I want to do it, but I know I shouldn't, you know? And, and so there is this sense in which when the prodigal son gets in trouble and he loses all his money, he goes back to the father and the father's waiting for him. He, he's, he's like, we're told, when he was still far off, the dad sees him, and he runs to him. And we're told how just extraordinary this is in Jewish culture for a distinguished older man to run. It's, it's, it's just never done. But he so just wants to be with his son and wants to welcome him back home. And he embraces him, and he takes off his cloak, and he covers his rags. This is uh, The Return of the Prodigal Son by Rembrandt. This this is one of Rembrandt's most famous paintings. And you can see just how tattered, like like the the son has the shaved head, which in that society would have been very, very shameful. Right? You you would have looked like a slave. And look at his clothes. Look how shabby they are. Right? I've seen other pictures where they show the, the, the father taking off his nice robe and putting it on the son. And man, that picture is just so powerful. No, 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 son, you belong to me. And when the son is like, like, like he actually was going to come back and grovel. And he was going to say, Dad, I know I can't be your son anymore, but can I just be a servant? Because at least the servants eat better than I've been eating. And the dad's like, I mean, really the message of this is, you're always my son and you can never stop being my son. So yes, I'll take you back. And we love that. We love that. It's so good. It's one of my favorite stories. It's one of my favorite stories to preach on. And it really does preach to so many of us who are short in this world. And I want you to know that. When you are short, Jesus is long. When you are short, the Father is long. He will never stop loving you. 
He will never stop reaching out to you. He will never stop wanting you to come home. But this is the question I have for you. What happens after the story ends? What does the prodigal son do then? Does he stay? Or does at some point, you know, like maybe like, you know, a week later after the events of the prodigal son parable, he's sitting at home and he's just like, "Ah, man, I really want to party. I really want to go. It's so boring. Does he leave again? Does he leave again? Look at the older son. Do you guys know like, like the older son's deal? The older son, he gets like really mad because the father treats the younger son so well. And this is what the older son says. He says, Father, I have been slaving for you all these years. I've been slaving for you all these years. And here, your good-for-nothing son comes. And you kill the fattened calf for him. And you throw this party for him. How dare you? Friends, look at what the older son is saying, that resentment. Mm, I didn't want to stay. Why do I have to stay? Yeah, I wanted to be like him too. I wanted to go party too. Right? And there's something so wrong with his heart where he doesn't see the consistency, the, the commitment that he's made to his father as a blessing and joy. Friends, are you like the older son? Because maybe there's some of you, you actually do come to church every week, or you serve faithfully, but there's a part of you that is like, kind of resented. I kind of wish I didn't have to. I kind of wish I didn't commit. I kind of wish the nominations committee never called me. (laughs) I wish I never said yes. I want to do whatever I want to, too. And and friends, I got to tell you, um, I have been at this church since 2004. And I'm not saying this as any big point of pride, right? Like a lot of people, when I meet them, they're like, whoa, Pastor Steve, you've been here for almost 20 years. How? How did you do this? You must be this amazingly faithful man. I'm like, I'm not. I wanted to leave. I tried to leave so many times. Like, you, you won't even believe how many times I've tried to leave. You won't believe how many times I've thought about leaving. But at the end of the day, when I ask God, God, can I leave yet? He says no. And I made this commitment. God, I'm going to stay until you tell me I can leave. And it's really only within the last five years where God has really had to humble me and had to deal with my heart to get to the point where I'm aligning with God and I'm like, God, if this is where you want me to be, then I want to learn to have joy in this. I want to stay here for the long haul. And and don't get me wrong, it might be that God genuinely does ask you to leave, right? That's not for me to judge. But I remember there's this one time where I was serving two churches. I was serving here at LGM, but I was also serving at this small, uh, uh, mostly white church in Ypsilanti. Um, And and I had to serve there for five years because our church was going through uh, difficulties uh, from the financial crisis in 2008. And so they couldn't afford to keep me full-time anymore. And for five years, I was in that situation. I had told the churches, I'm like, I'll be here for one or two years. I, I don't want to do two churches forever. But God just kept me there for a while. And I remember going into my fifth year, man, I was broken. I was so broken. I was so tired. I was like, like, like having nervous breakdowns and stuff. 
because I didn't want to be there. My heart was not fully committed. Honestly, it would have been better if I had really said, God, if this is where you want me to be, I'll dig in. I'll just fully, fully dig in. That's not what I did, you know? My heart was divided, right? Um, I was double-minded. Uh, and, and so, you know, I was really, really unhappy. And so going into that last year, I tried to leave. I actually was, like, calling up churches. I'm like, you need a pastor? You need a pastor? I'm, I'm out of here. I'm, I'm not doing this anymore. And I told, I demanded to the district superintendent, you're not supposed to do this, but I'm like, you need to move me, okay? I can't do this anymore. And so we were trying to make this plan for me to move, and just at the end of the day, the district superintendent, who's my boss, he called me and he was like, Pastor Steve, I, I know you don't want to hear this, but the answer is no. You're going to have to stay for one more year. And I promise you, this is going to be your last year. But can you do it for one more year? And I screamed at him. You guys know I'm a nice guy. I don't scream a lot, but I screamed at him. And this is what I said. I'm not going to scream. <laughs> I'm going to kind of raise my voice a little bit just so you get it. I was like, it's not fair. It's not fair. And this is what I told my wife. I was crying. So why does everyone else get to leave when they want to? When, when someone says to themselves, ah, oh, this church isn't working out, they just leave. Why do they get to do that? Why do I have to be the one that stays? Why can't I do what I want to do? And, um, you know, so, so basically... My DS said, you have to stay. And I, like, honestly, I was like, no, I'm not going to. <laughs> so I, 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 like, like, this is a true story. The next day, I was on job hunting sites, and I was looking at churches outside of the United Methodist Church. I'm like, I'm going to leave the United Methodist Church. I'm leaving. I was looking up these churches. This is a true story. I, I can't tell this story without crying. I got a phone call. And it was from somebody from that white church in Ypsilanti. And her son was dying. And he uh, didn't really know if he was a believer. But she asked me to talk to this guy and, you know, to share with him about faith and that he could have an assurance of faith before he died. And she was telling me, Pastor Steve, God brought you to this church for a reason. I'm so glad you're here. I'm like, okay, cool. And I hung up, kept on applying for jobs, right? Like an hour later, I get another call. And it was someone from LGM who had left years ago. His family moved. He was now at a different uh, church, uh, different city. And he called me and he was like, hey, Pastor Steve, I just wanted you to know I'm so excited because at my church, he went to this really big church. He's like, I'm going to lead worship for the junior high tonight. It's my first time leading worship, but... I'm just so excited. I want to share that with you because I wanted you to know that your ministry is still bearing fruit. I wanted you to know that God brought you here for a reason. Two different people, they didn't know each other at all. That phone call was not from man. It was from God. So I hung up the phone. I called the DS and I was like, okay, I'm in. I'll stay stay. Friends, I don't share that story with you to make you feel one way or the other. I, I'm not trying to celebrate myself because I'm, I'm just being honest. I didn't want to be faithful. I had to learn how to be long, and it wasn't easy. 
But I also share that story because I don't want you to think it's going to be sunshine and rainbows all the time. It's boring sometimes being committed. You know, this is the thing with being short, is when you're short, it's exciting, right? You can go on um, social media and be like, guys, I got a new job. And it was like, congratulations, right? And you get new set scenery and you get to be in a new place and it's exciting. And there's something within us that we want that. I, I hear that, that nowadays there are very, very few people who plan on being in their job more than five years. It's something like nobody plans on being in their first job more than five years. Again, I'm just saying this is a sign of the times. We don't know how to be long anymore. We only know how to be short, right? And friends, I got to tell you, if you want to learn how to really be with God, I got to tell you, I don't know what would have happened. I'm sure God still would have been faithful if I left. But the lessons I've learned in that time, and they were not easy lessons, the things that God has done in my heart, I am so grateful. I can tell you 100%. I'm so glad I didn't leave when I wasn't supposed to. I'm so glad that I went long. And that's one of the things, friends. I, I, you know, I don't know where you're at. I, I don't know where you're hearing me tell you this story, but I just want to tell you that even when you can't go long, right, like, like Jesus said, remain in me and I will remain in you. Draw close to me and I will draw near to you. James 4.8, right? If you draw near to God, he will draw near to you. And friends, um, think about Jesus and how he went long for us, how he went to the cross. Yeah, there was a time where Jesus literally prayed a prayer. He's like, God, if I cannot go to the cross, can you make that happen, please? But not my will, yours be done. Jesus went long. And so, friends, you know, if you're considering leaving whatever situation, leaving a relationship, leaving a job, leaving a church, whatever it is, can you just say, God, do I have permission to leave? Where do you want me to go? Because I want to go long. And, and maybe it's in, for some of you, you know, you don't come to church every week. And I understand maybe for you, coming to church once a month is actually a step towards going long for you. Because before, you didn't go to church at all. And, and this is what I want to say to you, friends. Um, it's going to be a process. It's going to be a journey that we're in. And what I want, uh, my, my prayer for you, my hope for you, is you can learn to go just a little bit longer. Maybe you come to church every other month. Maybe you can try to make it once a month. Maybe you go to church once a month. You can try to make it every other week. Maybe you go to church every other week. You can try to make it every week. Maybe you pray once a week. You can try to make it twice a week, right? Or you can try to make it three times a week. Or maybe you're doing three times a week. You can try to make it every day, right? Can we learn to just go a little bit longer? Because if you draw near to God, if you make that your intention, I promise you he will draw near to you. He will reveal himself to you. He will show his faithfulness to you. Because however long you're going, you better believe Christ can go way longer. Amen? Praise team, can you guys come up? I, I really love practical sermons. So if you want belonging, you need to learn how to be long. But what does that mean for you? Maybe there's something that you could commit to or you can wrestle with, and you could share it in your small group this week if you guys have small group. 
You, you can tell them, hey, guys, I have something that, that I, I want some prayer for. Can you pray for me? I want to learn how to pray every day. Or there's this, this uh, you know, relationship that I've kind of fallen out of. Uh, there's somebody that I know that I, I told them I would pray for them, and I stopped. But I want to go long in that relationship. I want to be more consistent in that. You, you guys can start playing. The, I, I like that kind of moon music in the back. <laughs> But friends, can we just pray? Can we just think? What is it that God is asking? But friends, I got to tell you, God is a good God. He's not trying to lead you to a boring, pointless life. What this world tells us, that going short is exciting and going long is boring. It's not true, friends. The real joy, the real lasting joy comes from true belonging. Belonging to Christ. Belonging to one another. Whatever it is that you're pondering in your heart, if you can commit that, let's pray for that right now. God, we want to learn how to be longer in our commitments, in our decisions, in our follow-through, and how we live towards you and towards others. Teach us how to love and how to be loved and how to receive your love that is just so long and so faithful and never, ever quits on us. If we have failed, help us to know that we can get back up and we can keep going on this journey because you will never disown us. You can't because we're your children. You love us. We thank you, God. We pray all these things in Jesus' name.